0: Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall is presented by the DC Crossover. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall. I just added that in the title, y'all. So now, when you type in Erica McCall on Apple or on Spotify, you'll see the show pop up. So shout out to my producer, Ben. Uh, Thank you for helping me out with that. But anyways, we're back with another episode, episode eight. And this one's going to be a fun one, y'all. I'm so excited. For those who don't know who I am, I am Erica Bird McCall, because my last name is McCall. So everyone calls me Bird. (laughs) And um, I'm entering into my sixth year of playing professional ball. I played four years in Hungary, one year in Turkey. I've been all around the WNBA right now. I'm working out, rehabbing, getting myself right to go out and play in Spain. And currently, I just moved to Arizona, y'all, for, for better basketball and training opportunities. And it's hot. I'm from Bakersfield, California. And it reaches, we get to like 105, 106. Mm-mm, this is something different here. This is something different. It's like 105. as soon as I, I go outside in the morning at 9 a.m. It's extremely hot, and I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> That's all I got to say. It is hot out here, but I'm enjoying myself. Um, shout out to Coach April Schilling, who's been working me out, um, and my PT that I've been working with. But, many like I always do, I'm talking too much. My reason for starting this podcast is to help educate fans on what professional, when basketball players go through overseas in WNBA, AU, the list goes on. We're an all-inclusive podcast. And today, my guest has done so many opportunities of, of professional basketball from, from college all the way up to the highest level that you can get in the pros. So I'm so happy to bring on my guest, Jillian Aline, my pac post sister, back the pack. Jill, thanks for being on.
1: Of course. thank you for having me
0: absolutely well y'all jill I, i've competed against jill for a while when i was at stanford she was at oregon we had some amazing battles she always won in the rebounding portion and we'll get to that a little later she was a machine the literal machine um, but jill like i said thank you for being on we saw each other at the sparks game a couple of weeks ago i was like jill you got to come on the pod we're gonna make it happen and here we are making it happen Finally here! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, let's read off your bio, please, 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 please. Okay, Jill was drafted by the Phoenix Mercury in 2016. She played for the Minnesota Lynx and the Washington Mystics. In 2016, she was a Pac-12 Player of the Year. You know how big time that is. One, because we're the best conference in the nation. So that's just—it's just like being the best player in the nation. That's what I like to say. (laughs) I'm telling you, they don't give the West Coast enough credit. And of course, we're from the West Coast, so we're biased. But I'm telling you, like, we have a freaking strong conference, one of the best conferences in the nation, if not the best. People don't want to mess with us. I'm sure all the SEC and ACC and the Big Ten is about to come for me. But I don't care because I'm a Pac-12 freaking lover. (laughs) but anyways back to the bio so y'all let me tell you we were talking about the rebounds let me tell y'all for her college career she finished third for most ever rebounds most ever and second most double doubles in ncaa division one history like crazy rebounding machine y'all like amazing score as well but the things that she does for rebounding it's incredible jill how tall are you again
1: i'm six foot three 6'3". Yep, 6'3".
0: Competing with players who are 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", yet are rebounding them daily. (laughs) Big time legend, Pac-12 legend. Jill, thank you for being on. Before we get into the fun stuff, of course, we are an all-inclusive podcast. We like to talk about overseas accolades. Jill has played in Spain, Israel, Russia, and Poland. Did I miss one? No, that's perfect. Accuracy, I did my homework. Thank you. <laughs> Jill, because you are a rebounding legend, because you are a double double machine, this game is simply called Double Double. Oh,
1: very clever.
0: Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone calls it corny, but I like to consider it clever. Very clever. <laughs> okay, first question who is your favorite rebounder of all time?
1: Favorite rebounder of all time. That is a great question. I'm going to have to go for my favorite player, which is Lisa Leslie.
0: Mm, I like that. LA legend.
1: Yes. LA connection. The Cali connection. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. (laughs) Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. I've been wanting to get Lisa on the podcast. So this is another shout out to Lisa. Lisa, Yes. you're more than welcome but amazing player amazing rebounder yes shout out to, to LA uh another Pac-12 legend um SE so incredible. incredible incredible okay next question okay now you went to Oregon and Oregon was decked out always yep.
1: yes yes
0: <laughs> she's holding up her oh what was your favorite Nike shoe favorite
1: Nike shoe Ooh, you know, the Nike KDs they gave us were pretty dope. I okay. feel like I got like the team LeBron soldiers, but we got a pair of KDs cold. I have to say that's been my favorite as far as at Oregon. Yeah.
0: Okay, KDs. I remember we got some KDs. Um, we made it to the Final Four, and uh, I never wore them because they're just like so snazzy, so colorful. They had a different color scheme. I never even tried to play them. They were just. <laughs> <laughs> for displaying at my house now, they're up in my, my mother's living room. So, That's- <laughs> shout out to KD. Okay, I asked this for all, all my guests who have played for legendary coaches. Coach Kelly Graves is, is absolutely legendary the things that he's done, especially at Oregon and when he was at Gonzaga. Amazing. So, does Kelly have any Kellyisms? Like, we call him Tarisms, you know, things that he consistently says, either they're funny or they got on your nerves, but he always said some things that you were like, okay, we got it. Do you have any?
1: Yes, he has a lot. Oh my gosh, Coach Kelly. His biggest one is character flaw. We'll be in practice, you drop a pass, you don't make a good pass, it's a bad shot. He'll be like, that's a character flaw. <laughs> and we're like, what? Like, A character flaw is so, I feel like, intense. I'm like, it was just a bad pass. I'm sorry. (laughs) Right? Like, dang.
0: I messed up one time. Your character is messed up, girl. Messed up. Done. He'll be
1: like, that's a character flaw. What's another thing? Coach Kelly has so many. I just remember that one being so... Another thing is I always used to go over my left shoulder. So sometimes in games, he'll just be like, left shoulder, left shoulder, left shoulder, left shoulder. Like, you can ask any of my teammates. There was one game where he just kept saying that over and over and over, basically telling me to go over my right shoulder. And I was just like, it's working, though. But, you know, he's the best because he knows how to get you to be better and work on things that you're, you know, not comfortable with.
0: (laughs) I feel you. I'm I'm still stuck on this left shoulder, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It literally, he was just, he literally looked me dead in the face. And he was like, left shoulder, left shoulder, left shoulder. I think the team figured out that I kept going to my left shoulder. So he's like, if you don't turn to your right shoulder and shoot, it was, it was funny.
0: <laughs> it was solid to Coach Kelly. That reminds me when you say character fall, everyone loves when I, when I say atarism, And this is one that she would always say. She used to say, "Um, uh, a repetition of air is a lack of intelligence. Anytime we like. And it wasn't any time, but it was just like if we were like really messing up a drill, yeah. And that's what we were like, because you know at Stanford, you know our talent, we you know we hold <laughs> heavy on our intelligence, and for her to attack it like that, oh, we were hurt. Exactly. And so she, it's hard. Knows how to get on skin. and she knows how to make you better because saying something like that to some Stanford athletes, I'm like how you, our intelligence,
1: really? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Hey, Tara and Kelly just hearing that it's the same as his character flaw like they attack like the thing that's like most personal we're like dang right. we just met a little bit but they're like no it's deeper than that and then we're right. like
0: we'll, we'll I be back I was a, a kind girl character right. flaw. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I love it I love asking what the isms are for different coaches okay now this one I'm hoping that you gotta catch on but what is your in and out order a double double of course <laughs>
1: whole grilled onions no tomatoes that's my double double order <laughs> no tomatoes. yes 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 I, I thought where you were where you were going with that but I had to tell the order still
0: <laughs> yeah but I knew you order a double double because who goes in and out and doesn't get a double double who just gets one one patty
1: one patty
0: for those of you that don't know not know Birds I view as a West Coast podcast and we like West Coast food. We like West Coast conferences <laughs> so we are going to brag about it every chance we get for you for those who have not tried in and out it's amazing a lot of people like to say it's overrated. It's just a uh, what is it say when you talk about wine like it's a an acquired taste
1: acquired taste. I don't know. I think In-N-Out honestly is superior to a lot of other places. I know a lot of East Coast and Midwest people are going to come. Agree. Water, Whataburger, Rallies. I just haven't found anything better than In-N-Out. In my opinion,
0: in my I opinion. agree. And don't y'all dare say for me to go to no White Castle. That is an absolute <laughs> insult. I would never, never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. We don't. We don't do that at Bird's Eye View. <laughs> In-N-Out stand right here, but right. my order. I get a double double animal style.
1: Ooh, that's good. Do you get the animal style on the fries though, or just the burger?
0: Uh, I, now this is my little trick so that I don't have to pay for the animal style. So when you, <laughs> you ask for, <laughs> you can just ask for extra sauce, a special sauce on the side. I don't like the, the cheese on my fries. So I just ask for extra sauce on the side. I just put it all on the fries. So it's kind of similar to like the animal style. So
1: I do that too, actually. I get the special sauce and put it on my fries, but the animal style burger, I have not had yet. I don't like cheese on my burger. So I don't know if I would okay. like it in and out. It's is good. Italy. It's <laughs> <a> elite. <lead>. Okay, <laughs> we're talking too
0: much. We sound like foodies. So I'm going to go on to the next question. We're going to, I'm hungry. And uh, that's probably why I'm still talking about in and out. Okay. <laughs> okay, last question. If you could get a double-double against any team, uh, we'll say college or pros, and you are you talking big stuff. So he's almost like, yeah, I just got a double double on them. Who would it be? I won't get mad if you say Stanford. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's a great question. I feel like if I have to check my track record, record I think I've gotten a double double on every team in the Pac-12. So
0: he's <laughs> <laughs> talking big stuff, y'all. That's up. That's tough.
1: Oh man, that's tough. Honestly, I would just want to get a double, du- my first double, double in the league would be great. Like my first double, double in the WNBA, think... whatever team it is, like I'll be happy about that.
0: <laughs> I like that answer. And you talking and you, and you hyping yourself up. I agree. I have yet to get a double, double in the league. I was <laughs> so close last year. All I needed was I, I either had m- like 13 rebounds and eight points mm-hmm. or Fifteen points in eight rebounds. Like I'm always so close.
1: I think I remember that game too. I remember thinking like, dang, she was so close. Like, yeah. oh, she like one or two of something else. And I was like, ah, oh, she's so close.
0: Yes, yes. Me and Joe played together. I watched him for a little bit, and I was honored because for me oh. to play with Jill, we we've been we battled. <laughs> Back and forth for so many years, so it was it was a pleasure for me to play with my Pac-12 scissors along, you know, with, with Sydney as well. You know, just yeah, people that it. I've competed against for years, and we had some amazing battles. And you know, still after the games, we we shake hands, we hug each other, we appreciate and respect each other's work. And so, for us to come together and play on the same team in Washington, the East Coast team, at that, um, it was a it was a true pleasure. So I just want to say that.
1: <laughs> that's a good. That's a good point right there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Jill, you survived the game portion of the show. Did you enjoy it? I did. It was great. Thank you. And I, I, and I thank you for going along with my double-double. I really try to get creative with it. Sometimes the creative juices, is, they're not flowing, but I really thought I thought it was good for the double-double.
1: It was very good. It was a chef's kiss. Perfect. What's up, Hoops fans? For all things Wizards and Mystics plus Nationals, WFT, and Caps Talk, check out the DC Crossover podcast with me, Ben Simpson, and my co-host, Mike Cerrone. We talk all things District of Champions as well as play sports trivia, give out weekly picks, and of course, talk plenty about fast food. Listen to the DC Crossover podcast wherever you download your shows. We'll also provide a link in the description of this episode. Now back to Bird's Eye View with Erica McCall.
0: Well, let's move on to the interview portion of the show. We're going to get into some some college talk, some, some league talk, and some overseas talk. gonna be a good time you ready i'm ready all righty well let's start off with your oregon days one why did you choose oregon well you know what made you you know say like hey this is this is the school for me was kelly there uh, all four years no
1: so i was recruited by coach paul westhead who actually used to coach the lakers Um, legendary yes yes um assistant coach was like shindrika lee dan um, what originally why I committed to Oregon is for me it was big to be a part of a program that was building something great like I know for sure I wanted to be a part of something like setting those that foundation and kind of building that legacy of being a great school um, I felt like Oregon was headed in that direction and I was and after my visit I took all five of my official visits which nobody did tell- now I went to Oregon ASU georgetown san diego state and kansas
0: ku very very starkly different schools (laughs) you lost me at kansas i had
1: to go look i had the west coast i had San Diego. i was like okay if i stay in california let me at least check out san diego state then i had the midwest and i had the east coast with georgetown so get a feel for all of them see what i like the best
0: okay i'll take it i'll take it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you went with Oregon because what, what what was your visit like I like to hear other people's visits because um, some people are just like yeah I mean the visit wasn't that great but I knew I wanted to go here so I did but was that the case for you or did you just really enjoy your visit
1: I love my visit I mean it's very hard to be Oregon we have some of the top facilities everything there is great like I don't think there was a moment where I wasn't in awe of what was offered to the athletes just I love that it's a college town. That's a big thing for me growing up here in California. I feel like that college town aspect I never had. Um, My visit was honestly amazing. I was just, my mouth was on the floor the entire visit. Like the Nike, uh, the Oregon Jays. I'm like, okay, the creator Phil Knight of Nike is literally like, this is Nike University. So it was, that was was a great visit, honestly. (laughs) i don't have enough words as you can see but it was a great visit. no
0: i understand i remember like i was lightly recruited by oregon and like that was the biggest draw was like nike nike everything y'all had the, the toughest shoes right. sweatsuits backpacks all that so i i understand i'm sure your your visit was absolutely amazing and and yeah. one of the reasons i'm sure why you decided to go there
1: yeah absolutely and honestly one of the biggest thing that i remember and i still have a visit of uh, visit, a visit a video of is the football game so when you go there's a whole student section and somehow some way they got the entire pit crew which is what we call our student section and they were just shouting like a chant in my name like I remember it was like Jillian Ailee, come to Oregon and I, when I tell you the entire, I was am- I was like no wow that is amazing
0: cool wow I would have went there too sure <laughs> Tell
1: <laughs> you know me I, and then they won't stop like they won't stop until you throw up the oh it was just a I was like this is cool that's really cool
0: that is amazing wow yeah. I thought my experience is cool when I went on my visit to Stanford we beat SC and SC was ranked number one at the time um and we all got to rush the field and so we I'm, I'm in the middle with your name when we came <laughs> like Yay, yeah with all the football players and I just thought that was absolutely me that was one of the reasons why I went to Stanford because that you know, that experience was, was so dope to me, but to hear your name being called by this whole student body.
1: Right, right. Yes. I feel right like me. a common experience here. The universities figure something out because rushing the field, that's cool.
0: It was pretty dope. I'm sure the coaches were like, oh my gosh, <laughs> don't get hurt. Well, I was like, yeah, that's the best experience of my life. So hey. Like, college and I encourage you know different students to you want all five and there's nothing wrong with that to go out and explore you know to see what's what's available for you because honestly the visits have a big um a big way of showing you you know of of where you need to go or you know what your right place is you know I went to some visits and I was like uh yeah I don't I don't I don't think this is one for me but you know and but before that I really enjoyed the school when I went to visit I'm like uh you know I don't think I'll really fit in here. And so take your guys' visits, enjoy it, eat good food, Tara took it to steakhouses. I was
1: like... Y'all had all the money up there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we was on Tara's car. So (laughs) (laughs) enjoy your experiences. So I have nothing against you taking all five. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, thank you. I know a lot of kids aren't doing it now, but if you can definitely take the visit, like it's worth it for sure.
0: Absolutely. Okay, we got away. That was my fault. That was my fault. Talking all about visits. (laughs) So you chose Oregon. And what was your freshman year like?
1: Freshman year was honestly probably the hardest year at Oregon. I honestly think we won four games my freshman year. I'm not kidding. Um, I think it was I was like, What the heck? I had just came from high school where we went thirty and four and won a CIF championship so then going to then go into my freshman year of college where we won four games. I was like, This is crazy. Like this is not what I signed up for. Like I was, you know, expecting to come here and win. So that was really difficult for me as far as basketball. But as far as my experience, like I, I loved it. I loved my teammates. Um that transition from high school to college was a lot easier because I had such good people around me. Yeah. Of course, it was hard, you know, the 6am weights, you know, I was only 150 pounds going into college, which is insane. I was like a rail. So it was just like a whole new world for me lifting weights, you know, yeah. the, car, the, the conditioning, it was a lot, the school, the studying, it was a lot. But like I said, Oregon does such a great job of setting us up for success. Like the athletes have everything that they need, everything structured. You have tutoring sessions. We have um, a place called the Jaqua, which is the only four student athletes. I think anyone can come on the first floor, but anything above that is only student athletes. That's our tutoring rooms. That's where we go get our help. Um, so honestly, we were set up for success.
0: I love that. And that's what a lot of people um, at Stanford like people, or people think of Stanford. They're like, oh, I bet it was so hard like, and Coach Kate Pace always say, like, it's it's almost impossible to fail Stanford. The amount of resources that we provide for you, like, if you actually use the resources, there's no way that you can fail out of Stanford. Like, you're absolutely. going to succeed. We set you up to succeed. So I love that that work and also, you know, share this experience.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I honestly think that that makes a difference. I think a lot of people think we manage it on our own, but there's so much help. Like, shout out to our help, honestly, because, it's a blessing. It makes a difference for sure.
0: Absolutely. Shout out to my writing tutors. (laughs) (laughs) I was not the best writer going to Stanford. And with the help of them, they really helped me out um, making my writing better and allowed me to be successful at Stanford. So shout out to them. But I want to go back to what you said that you guys only won four games. So what was your mindset? Were you like, you said this was not, not what I signed up for. Were you like, I need to leave? Or were you like, okay, you know what? I envisioned that I'm gonna be a part of a school that is going to be a part of something special. So this is all a part of the process. What What was your mindset there?
1: To be very honest with you, and no one knows this outside of my family, I was ready to go. I was like, I remember calling my mom at the end of the season, like just crying. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm unhappy as far as the basketball, like not the basketball itself, but the losing. I was like, you know, we're losing. I just, again, I just came from winning in high school, which obviously is different, but you don't expect to come into your freshman year only winning four games. Uh, I remember calling my mom and just being like, like, I want to leave. I want to transfer. Like, this isn't what I signed up for essentially. Um, But my mom being a woman of faith, like she, my mom has always told me like grow where you are planted. She's like, if you start something, Mm. you have. Um, Now I remember her saying that to me and I was just like, She's like, I, she's like, I think you should stick it out. She's like, it's going to get better. You chose this school for a reason. Like, don't just bail at the first, you know, inconvenience or the first thing that doesn't go well. Um, so I just remember her saying, like, stick it out, like, grow where you're planted and see what happens. And, you know, thank God for her because every year after that was so much better.
0: Child the moms and you're in history books because you, you, continue <laughs> to, you continue to grow and you blossom into a beautiful or or how do you pronounce it Oregonian or, Oregonian
1: Oregonian <laughs> Oregonian
0: oh, something like that tree you blossom to a beautiful tree <laughs> so shout out to moms I love that um I also too had feelings of my sophomore year like <clears throat> it was like the end of the woomke era we that was our first you know year without playing with the Wumake which is like eight years you know they did that um, so we were finding a whole new identity and we were losing. I wasn't playing like I thought I was, you know, I'm like freshman year. I'm like, okay, that happened. Now's my time to step up. And it was just like, we, we made to the sweet. Which for Stanford, making it to the sweet or losing in the sweet 16 is like a failure season for us. <laughs> so, <laughs> like we knew like that summer was going to be freaking terrible. And I was like, you know, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. I don't know if this is, you know, I'm not like, getting the opportunities that I think I should get. I don't think that, you know. I don't like losing you know so it was tough um and so that year I went to go talk to Tara. I went to her office I was like look I want to play more uh, so how how can we make this happen I just look like this like I'm big on bold like that I was like I was like so nervous I was shaking like, uh Tara you know yeah. like, opportunity and
1: <laughs> oh I have to hear how that went because that's bold especially as an underclassman that's that's very bold
0: it was something especially, I mean, my dad was like, this is what you're gonna have to go and do. He was like, now when you do it, don't be shaking your legs, don't look nervous, <laughs> look confident, look strong. I was like, okay, yeah. So I think that <laughs> <laughs> I think that I should should play more and I would like more opportunities. So um if you, you know, can tell me what I can do. To get those opportunities i'll do them and she's like well bird you need to do this this and this i don't know what she told me and i was like okay i can do that and that was kind of it and then um that summer i went to go play for usa and that kind of like blossomed with my confidence and i came back in junior year um i balled out that was like my breakout season at stanford and tara always talks about that conversation every time <laughs> she does like some speech like i remember bird came to my office and said she wanted to play more <laughs> so I mean, it's those type of conversations that we have to have, you know. If things aren't going right, you know, at least try to communicate and see if there's even opportunity for you to, you know, stick it out and, you know, try to push through. And so, I'm proud that I did that. I'm hyped that your mom, you know, had that conversation with you. Those tough conversations that we have to have in order for us to push through the things. And look at us now, you know.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I'm bringing back twelve legends. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank God for your dad, just you know, preparing you for that. I just think that's. I just give you so much credit for going in there and saying that, like, first of all, it's Tara Vanderveer. It's not like, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to a legendary coach and say, as a sophomore, like, I want to play more. Like, but the way you followed it up is like, what can I do? Cause you know, a lot of people just demand the time, but they're not yes. asking what you want to see out of me, because maybe yes. what to see out of us, is not the same as what we think we should be giving to get that time. Beautiful.
0: Yeah. I want all the players in college to listen out to this. I'm going to try to click this for the <laughs> social media because I think it's so important to hear. Um, I know, you know, what we went through is different for what different colleges spirits we went through. And there's nothing wrong with transferring. If you feel like something is better out there for you do it, but sometimes sticking to where you at can be a beautiful process and it allows you to become, you know, one of the best, you know, players that you thought who wouldn't even Im- imagine that you could be. So. Yes. Beautiful. We're- okay. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. Um, you say
1: something? I said words of wisdom. (laughs) I hope you can clip that because that was
0: (laughs) (laughs) will do. Well, freshman year definitely was something, but you guys went on to become a team that was one of you know the best teams in the Pac-12, and you were a huge part of that. I want to talk about your rebounding and the double doubles because I just find it fascinating as a post player. Was that always something a part of your game or is that something that you you work towards? Um, When did Kelly come along? Did he help that in that in your process of, you know, becoming, you know, one of the best rebounders in Pac-12 history? So to answer
1: your first question, I think rebounding was always something I did. I was always very tall for my age, like no matter what grade I was in, I was always the tallest, taller than all the boys. So whenever I play like I realized that's how I was going to get the ball by rebounding. I honestly didn't realize I was as good as as good at it until I got to college I would say is when people started to notice it and I just you know I've just been doing it so it wasn't like oh so it was very like okay like I actually do that pretty well um so something that comes very naturally for me I can't even say it's something that I work on it's literally something that comes very naturally um as far as coach Kelly he came after my sophomore year so my junior year is when he came from Gonzaga to Oregon and I would say not only did he make me a better rebounder but a better player he taught me a lot of things and verbiage and ways of the game that I didn't have before. Like before coach Kelly came in, if you look at my film, like I I was never ducking in. I didn't even know what that term was, which mm. was crazy at, you know, to be going into my junior year, not knowing what that was. Like, I remember I was like, what is that? Like he'll, he'll be saying stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because if you know who coach Westhead is, his system is just go 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 like it's a track race like you are we are running we're trying to get the ball out as fast as can we fast as we can we want the first shot that we can get it's not um a half court set let's set up let's run this let's do that it's like this so transitioning from like literally one end of the spectrum to another was was difficult but coach kelly definitely made me a better player
0: absolutely how was that transition from just different systems Different coaches, different coaching styles. How is that? Because there's players out there who who experience that. They you know they stay at the school when you know a coach leaves, and they've got to go through a whole new transition. It's almost like you're a rookie again.
1: Oh, absolutely, a thousand percent a rookie again, and it was difficult, honestly. But the biggest thing that I always remember him saying is, you have to buy in from the beginning. He's like, if you don't buy in, it's going to be difficult. Um, so I bought in from everything that he was saying, Coach Jody, um, Coach Mark. I was like, I'm bought in. Like, I want to learn everything that I can. So you do feel like a rookie again. Um, again, like what I was learning in the first system was the polar opposite of what I was learning in Coach Kelly's system. So it was difficult for sure. And I definitely struggled. Like Coach Kelly would probably say it and admit it, and I'll admit <laughs> it, I struggled. But um, the way it just transformed my game leaps and bounds, I'm so thankful
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I can imagine how tough that is, but you're walking testament that buying in can be, allow for success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that
0: goes for every level.
1: Every level. And the hardest thing is a lot of times when you transition from one coach to another, players kind of think like they haven't figured out or, you know, what you're telling me is wrong or I'm just not used to it. So I'm not going to do it kind of thing. And it's like, no, like if you, if you really let go of what was and kind of, and just buy into what is you'll see so much success
0: for sure tell them Jill wisdom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I,
1: when I when I was in college I'm telling you I was struggling I used to go home after practices like just so sad like I'm like I'm never gonna get this this is so hard but it, it worked out
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was my freshman year sophomore year. I'm like yo me and me and Kyrie Johnson I'm like we were messing up every day I'm like I am not getting it <laughs> not getting it and then it's just like one day clicks yes oh yeah. that's how you do it <laughs> right.
1: it's that one day and it's like yep I got
0: it yeah and you got it and after that it's it's smooth sailing so let's let's talk about your senior year really a you know all-american style senior year you were balling um just talk a little about just that really that whole that whole year for you yeah.
1: senior year was amazing I think that was one of my best years outside of my sophomore sophomore year um we were winning i think it was our winning winningest however that word is so complicated this year in my four years um everything was starting to click it was coach kelly's second year He, he returned most of the team we had six seniors uh we had a grad transfer uh cat cooper so everything was just starting to click it felt good everything was good i mean senior year was amazing yeah that was the year for sure that I thought we were going to break into the NCAA tournament for the first time in like, I don't know, probably like 10 plus years, 15 plus years. It was, yeah. we were.
0: That senior year team is the reason why Oregon is so successful yes. today.
1: A thousand percent. I agree. Yes. That was, that
0: was definitely, y'all, I remember when we were playing y'all, I'm like, dang, like, Two years ago they were trash. <laughs> Here's we played Oregon, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is a walking apart. I remember you guys barely had you barely had people in the stands. There was no one really there going into my senior year, like hat. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So that was a testament to what you guys did and how you guys, you know, led the way past the baton to that that new generation of, of Oregon basketball. So kudos to y'all for that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. I think that Absolutely. I think that kind of sometimes gets lost. I think that you're definitely put Oregon in a position to where the players that came in after us were like, oh, OK, we saw them. We see what they're doing. We want to be a part of that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why I claim the championship from Sanford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All those God. teams between the last championships and now. We were a part of that. And we are a part of why people wanted to come. We are a part of why Tara is the way she is now, you know, a part of her evolution as a coach. So I claim that championship.
1: That's good. And honestly, I think that's (laughs) enough gotten in basketball. Like people think these things happen overnight. They do not. These teams that become great. You look at South Carolina, Stanford's been good forever. So kudos. I mean, it's Stanford. (laughs) Like South Carolina, Carolina. Daily's doing like this is not overnight. This is teams building. It's Asia Wilson. It's Tiffany Mitchell. It's it's you, it's um Carly Samuelson, it's me, it's um uh, Lexi Peterson, like just building. And then when you know the next generation comes, it continues to build, but it's it's time process.
0: Yes, takes time, takes years, honestly. Yeah. You never see a you know first year coach winning a championship. Absolutely unheard of. It takes time, it takes evolution evolution. That's why Don, you know, gave you know little championship trophies to you know her players like Candace Dupree all the way back then when she was at Temple because they were the part of the process so oh,
1: that's really
0: I didn't even know that like that's yeah. super cool okay. yeah celebrate yourself celebrate us we're yeah. part of the process we're part of success yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> senior year you were balling and the day happens you tore your ACL I remember when the day happened, like, tweeting, like, I tweeted, like, it's just just not fair because you were, you were balling, you were a first-round draft pick, you were, you know, bound to have a very successful, you know, tournament run, and so I was hurt, Um, so what was your mindset, you know, when all that happened?
1: Oh, my gosh, honestly, even talking about it, like, makes me emotional. That day, I'll never forget it, I'll never forget just one the pain just how it happened when it happened it was literally a month before the draft Um, we were right there like we had just finished senior night it was that Sunday we had an off day and we practiced that Tuesday and we're getting ready we're feeling good about the Pac-12 tournament then the NCAA tournament I think we were they term it as like an on the bubble team so we were about it was I mean the road was golden it was like okay see where we're going everything is good and then and then I guess life, life, and I tore my ACL in practice, it. I was going up for a rebound. Um, it was one of those drills where everyone's scrambling to get the rebound, so it's a dog fight. I went up, and I remember coming down, I had gotten bumped in the air, and then I also had stepped on someone's foot, so it literally just felt like my knee went like this. I, I mean, I'll never wish that pain on anybody, it was horrible, so... Ah Man, that was a very emotional and still, you know, emotional to this day. It was just crazy.
0: (laughs) Well, even with all that and just really a testament to who you are and, and pushing through the pain and still being there for your team and, you know, despite of how the season ended. Jill, you're just an amazing person and people want to be around you. And so I know your team appreciated you, despite of what you went through. Um, And and despite of of all that, you still were drafted in the second round. What was that moment for you?
1: That was a really great moment. I remember Coach Kelly and his wife, uh, Mary Graves, they threw me a draft party. It was at their house. It was so kind of them. Um, I think I had class that day. I ended up going to the class. I was like, I went to class and I'm so excited. I'm like, this is so exciting. Like, I, I still have the opportunity to get drafted. Did I know where I was going to land or where I was going to go? No, but I was very excited that I still had the opportunity. Um, and I, I was so happy that Coach Kelly threw me a draft party. Um, everyone was there, all my teammates, the practice players, Coach Kelly and his family. Um, and then just hearing my name called, I was like, this is crazy. I was. <laughs> couldn't even jump because I had you know my knee so I just you can there's a video of me like literally just shooting my hands into the air and I was just so happy I mean to still be drafted despite my injury was huge it was that doesn't really happen anymore so that was a big deal and a testament to like you said what I would have been if I did not get hurt so to still get drafted was one of the best days so far in my life I would say for sure
0: absolutely I love that I love hearing draft day stories because man it's it's always a dream despite of, of what you went through despite how low how high people mm-hmm. don't care about that like they I was drafted this has been yeah. my dream since a little girl and yeah. and for you to, to get that opportunity to be surrounded by your your Oregon family I'm sure that was just a beautiful moment
1: it was it was beautiful and honestly the biggest thing for me was I remember going on, like, I think Snapchat was big at the time. I don't know if people even still snap now, but I I have Snapchat.
0: I'll give it to you afterwards. Oh, wait, you already have me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We barely be on it. We're the old timers. Exactly. Um, I remember just going on social media, you know, my family at home was so excited, but it was like, the girls that were at my high school. So I grew up in the Inland Empire. So it was girls who were at my high school posting my picture, posting, you know, Rebecca uh, saying my name, uh, Rebecca Lobo. And it was just like, whoa, like not only did it impact me here at Oregon and my family, but it's people back home who were seeing this. It's my community, it's my teacher from English class. Like that to me was like, holy crap, like this is a bigger moment than just me. Like this affects everyone who's been a part of my process up to this point
0: that's beautiful I think I felt the same way just recently like we don't realize how how impactful we are to people until like we hear stories like that or we see you know someone text you like oh my gosh like you're, you're you're so amazing like the things that you've done I'm so proud of you and, like I went to go you know, talk at a little you know AAU basketball team and mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm just like yeah I am I'm just like yeah I'm Erica McCall first of all I'm injured like <laughs> I'm <laughs> just like girls don't want to even hear from me I'm like I'm not in the league right now like and then, you know, I, I say my speech and, you know, I try to uplift them the best that I can. And then, you know, the mom tells me like, she cried in the car. She was so excited. I'm like, Aww. me? Right.
1: And <laughs> hey, it's like, what I saw your story on Instagram. I'm like, that's so cool because we really don't realize the impact that we're leaving. Yeah. Look, realize who's looking at us. Um, it's It's really crazy. And I honestly... And not until just recently have I had people come to me from who I played against at other schools say like you had a great career or you did this or you did that and I'm like you you watched you you yeah. saw me paid attention it was like whoa like that's crazy like every time I come back home like I like to make sure that I visit like my high school or teachers that I'm I'm still in contact with and their kids will watch they'll watch and I'm like that's crazy that kind of impact, it, it's just it's it's big it's huge
0: it is and you're an inspiration to many
1: such as myself
0: so (laughs) (laughs) so what was that process like rehabbing and and for you to be able to you know get opportunity in the league what was that like
1: rehabbing honestly was I want to say horrible but it was it was hard I rehabbing was probably one of the hardest thing I've ever done as far as basketball. I've never had a major injury up until that point. Like, you know, a couple ankle rolls, whatever, like that's regular, you know, throw some ice, you'll be fine in two days, but to like go through an actual surgery, the birds flying, sorry. To go through an (laughs) and then go through the rehab. It was, to be honest, it was a very dark time for me. I think Mm -hmm. mentally it was, it was a lot. Um, The pain, the concept of you have to come in every day just to get an inch back of your range of motion learning how to walk again it was very difficult for me and my rehab a lot of people don't know actually ended up taking me 20 months so an ACL injury only requires a six to nine month recovery period mine's was 20 months like it was it was very difficult
0: yeah I didn't know that it was so long
1: yeah a lot of people that's why I'm actually going so I'm one year ahead of you. I'm going into my fifth year as a pro and you're going into your sixth because it took me two years essentially, yeah.
0: With a lot of it, do you think a lot of it was mental or it was just your body was just really working against you?
1: I think it was it was mental one. Two, I, it was a lot of the person that was leading my training. Um, I personally just didn't really like what was happening what was going on i didn't felt like i didn't feel like things were going the way that it needed to be going um so that was very hard and eventually i did have to leave and go do my rehab somewhere else um so and another thing is my body is swell so everyone's body's different like some people don't at all other people swell like a balloon like i was a sweller and that of course slows you down it delays you um so it was a little bit of both it was a lot of different varying factors. Uh, mentally I was strong enough to you know show up every day and do what I had to do but it was more so just like the structure of it and just the physicality that it actually took like you're telling me I have to learn how to walk again like we learn to walk when we're six nine months years old like I have to learn to do this again it's crazy
0: yeah I can imagine how hard it is and especially like having to make that decision of changing PT you know to get better because you trust that person you're like okay like They're going to lead me to the right path. And then you're like, okay, something's um, my timing is off. I'm supposed to be at a different, you know, level than what I am now. And I'm not. So, I mean, I know that's, that's tough having to change PT. I've had to do that before myself. So,
1: yeah, it's, it's difficult. And, you know, you're kind of navigating the situation on your own a little bit. Um, it's it's very difficult like you look at Clay Thompson you know what he went through it's it's not easy a lot of people think that we just you know we go down and we pop back up it does not work like that (laughs) not even close like it's not even close
0: I understand I'm in it right now (laughs) so (laughs) I understand but you put in the work it took some time longer than what she expected but you got back in the league so what has been your league experience been like
1: my league experience has been—it's been good. I did get back, so thank God for that. Um, I've kind of had—I would say—I don't know if I would use the term roller coaster, or just kind of an up and down experience. Um, so the biggest thing for me was after I had finished my rehab, um, I my knee, like I still didn't feel like where I needed to be. So like when I was in camp with certain teams, like you could tell it was very obvious. There was no hiding it. Um, so a lot of teams like. A lot of reasons, that's why I had gotten cut, Mm -hmm. which I did, but once I was good, like I would say after my second year of being a pro, I believe I was ready, I was good. It's just the league sometimes can be very difficult. Um, I think a lot of times it's very political. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. it is very political. I think there's just so much that a lot of people don't know that go into making a team WNBA in the WNBA so I would say my first hurdle was getting over like proving to people that I'm still the player that I was and also that I'm better than what I was so that was the first hurdle did that um and then the next hurdle was just sticking sticking on a team staying for you know the entire season a coach believing in you and that's a lot harder than it looks like people see girls getting cut and it's not because you're not good enough you're where anyone who is in training camp is good enough to be in the league there's a reason why it's because one there's not enough spots and two it's just sometimes a lot of things work against you that are out of your control yes yeah for the best terms to put it in um, speak on it (laughs) like anyone who's really in the wmba and really has been like doing this will understand that like anyone who's not on a team right now like you myself like it's not because we're not a WNBA player. We are WNBA players. It's the fact that we there's so many hurdles we have to cross, other than just playing basketball, other than just being good at what you do. Like that, that should be the main priority and the main, you know, qualifying point to be on a team. But it's not. So it's so yeah.
0: <laughs> it's tough. Expansion is needed. Hopefully, a team a build a team in the Bay, you know, so we can <laughs> have opportunity to play out there. But I completely understand. A lot of it is just out of our control. Yes.
1: yes, and the money
0: in this now, the new with the new CBA, like the money just makes it twenty times harder.
1: Twenty times harder. The new CBA is is crazy
0: <laughs> for players like us who are not on a rookie contract and not like you know the the top level that we make, you know.
1: The 1%. big time
0: money you know exactly you yeah. <laughs> know we're, we're in the middle and those in the middle man the middle players being pushed out because now teams only have enough money for either mm-hmm. the high paid players and a rookie contract
1: yes yes and it's if you really look at the substance of a league from the nba to the nfl it's it's that middle part like it can't just be top and rookies you know it has to be that middle part those players that you go from maybe not getting playing time to being an MVP. That's what people want. And that's what deserves to have an opportunity. So with the middle being pushed out, it, it's difficult. It's really difficult.
0: It's difficult. I'm hoping the CBA um, changes within the next couple of years, especially for the middle player who needs to go overseas to make the money because we're you know, we not making the big time salary. So we got to go overseas, but then we're getting in trouble for going overseas. So we don't have any opportunity in the league. So it's just like a constant cycle of, of us. <laughs> of lack of opportunity
1: like, like, a thousand percent and that's where it re- that's the sticking point is the lack of opportunity like the talent is there the players are there the support is there it's the lack of opportunity we need expansion there's yeah a thousand percent
0: well you heard it here first Kathy <laughs> <laughs>
1: we met we met you we met when i was at minnesota you i know she's working on it i know people are like drilling her about it i really i believe that she's doing what she can and i just hope we can see some kind of progression sooner than here honestly yeah
0: i think it's coming she's a very clever business woman and she knows how to handle money she's she's right. got you know look at all those endorsements that she's got you know for the league a whole bunch yeah. of money um so all we can do is pray and you know put in the work and just you know see what you know opportunity god provides us with so simply all we can do yes well you we're in the league you played with minnesota big seal to last year do you have a fun story about seal or just you know what was it like you know playing against so i didn't have opportunity to really play against her that that much she was injured in the bubble but just being around her presence she's an amazing person Uh,
1: Yes. Mama bear. love That is the word. She is the mom of the team. Like I've been with the link since 2019. Like, um, and Sylvia has been the one like per like, just, I mean, you can't pick a better person to learn the game from. Like she, I think a lot of times what I've learned in the pros is not everyone is a teacher. Not everyone is willing to teach you what they know. And Sylvia is willing to teach you everything that she knows. She's you know, I'm never afraid to go and say, Hey, still, like, I don't understand this. Can you help me? And she's just always so joyful about, okay, look, this is what you have to do, da, 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 explaining it. So Sylvia Fowles has been one of my greatest. Mm. One of my best teammates, I would say, and just person all around. Like you said, like being around her, you're just happy. You're happy. Yeah. She's has good energy. She's a, she's a good person. Um, I remember my first time I was with Minnesota, she let me ride in her. Her car is amazing. I I think it's a Jaguar. It's beautiful. It's just so perfect for her. She took me and a couple other um, rookies to this ice cream place. I can't remember. I love ice cream. Anyone who knows me knows that I love sweets, so. I just remember her taking me and um these other two girls and just talking to us, telling us what we need to do like outside of basketball, like hey, look, max out your 401k as a rookie. You know, it's gonna matter later on. Like those are the little tidbits that we don't usually get from a teammate. So for her to not only look out for me as a basketball player, but as a person, like I was like, what? Like I don't even know what a 401k is, but I'm glad you're telling me. So, you know, <laughs> Sylvia's she's amazing. There's I have no bad thing to say about Sylvia. I've loved every minute that I've got to be her teammate and play with her and practice with her and just learn from her.
0: I love that. I love Syl and and vets like her are, are incredible. They what they are what make, you know, the rookies enjoy the league, you know, yeah. and, and want to be better. And just her guidance and her spirit will be missing the league. So I'm giving you all the flowers. You're an amazing person, amazing player. We're going to miss you i hope you guys continue to ball out i'm rooting for y'all to make the playoffs i think you can you yes. guys are on awesome. yeah you guys have some momentum you guys should speak chicago which is the best team in the league right now so rooting for y'all i used to play for the or for the for the link so hey yeah there's <laughs> her
1: flowers you know as she's gonna retire this year um she deserves all the flowers so shout out to you still for sure and also another thing that I do remember and it's crazy because you would think it's the stuff on the court that you remember about somebody but it's really though that off the court yeah. stuff uh my ricky year I remember she just like at, we would be in the airport I think where were we we had chick-fil-a or something I'm standing in line like she's in line Sylvia literally comes and takes, I think I'm like two people behind her. Cause you know, when you, everyone gets off the plane at a different time, she comes and grabs me and tells me to order my food. She's like, Jill, you're not paying for your food. And I'm just like, like, what do you mean? She's like, you're a rookie. Like you're not paying for anything. Like she never, whenever I was still, she never allowed me to pay for anything. She's like, that's not how it works here. She's like, our sisterhood is taking care of the rookies and the, it's the off the court stuff with still that really just resonates with me. Yeah
0: that's so dope I love still that was that was Candace Dupree for me like anytime you know I went out to eat like Candace like no rookies don't pay and so that I that was when when I became you know a vet gosh when I became a vet like I was like yeah rookies don't pay like I got y'all yeah so I love that even though they made 10 times more than what I'm making like it's still like the standard like as a vet you got to take care of your rookies you know they're going through a tough transition so the least you can do is pay for your food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: <laughs> after just getting screamed at at a two-hour practice that is the best thing to know okay <laughs> out for me and I mean there's we can say so much about who she is on the court like learning from her is like a once-in-a-lifetime chance and I soaked up everything like a sponge
0: <laughs> love it shout out to Sil, we love you we love you congratulations on your retirement you're an absolute legend yes Mm -hmm. Let's transition out of the league to overseas. You played for four different countries. Mm -hmm. Where's been your favorite place to play?
1: My favorite place to play so far has been Israel.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why so?
1: I grew up in the church, so faithfully every Sunday my mom's taking me and my sister to church we got the whole dresses the whole everything Um, so being able to take the bible and reading about Bethlehem and Jerusalem and then transition to actually being in the holy land and going to Jerusalem and going to Bethlehem mind-blowing that's Mm. me literally taking something that I grew up with in my childhood that I read in a book every day and being in that place like you know cuz a lot of times when we read stuff especially if it's somewhere far it's like another world to us but to actually like step foot on in Israel and go to these you know historic places where Jesus walked it's just like whoa so Israel's been my favorite for sure
0: that's amazing i i definitely want to go there because like you said you read about in the bible but for you to be able to be you know at that place you know where jesus was like jesus used to be here (laughs) i think that's absolutely amazing did your connection with god uh become closer when you were in israel
1: i would say so yes um i'm you know to this day i still read my bible every day you know i don't leave my bed honestly without praying i call it talking to god because it's just you know it's a conversation yeah conversation um reading my words so when I was in Israel I even have in my bible I jotted down like the day that I read it I'm like oh I'm in Israel this day just to like remember so I would say my my relationship with God definitely got stronger my faith got stronger um yeah
0: my grandma's gonna be listening to that she listens to my podcast every week I send it to her and she's gonna love this part so
1: (laughs) shout out grandma McCall
0: (laughs) yeah yeah she she loves it she's gonna love that um man, uh so Israel's been your top, and I'm hearing that Israel they have an amazing just atmosphere i mean in in the the basketball community is close because you guys play in the same you know vicinity live in the same you know areas was was that the case for you or were you one of the teams that was kind of far out?
1: No, that was the case for me um we were everything' so close if anything the furthest team might be 20, 25 minutes away, they just i added um Haifa, which is probably the furthest team. it's almost like a San Francisco like okay. from LA, it's far like that's probably the furthest team but everything's 10 minutes 15 20 minutes away um the culture is great all the americans have, like you said you know we're all there the men and the women we all get along um tel aviv to me is like a, a los angeles to be honest i'm like this, <laughs> the people are great i love there that they're taught english in school so their second language is english so i felt like when i first touched Foot in Israel it didn't feel as foreign as like mm. like I felt like okay like these people also speak English like that's so helpful because Hebrew I mean Hebrew is probably the furthest thing away from English so yeah. to be able to, I can go into a store and maybe speak a little English was a game changer for sure.
0: That is, I mean, everyone says agents all across the board, players say Israel is the most Americanized country to play basketball. Yeah. If if you're a rookie. But Israel, it's an easy transition for you. You know, it's not like you doesn't feel like you're playing in this super foreign country. The language is crazy. Like you guys have a lot of Americanized food, clubs, and you're surrounded by Americans. People speak English, so right. That's what I hear about Israel. Yes, you
1: haven't been. You oh, you haven't played in I've Israel.
0: Never, I've never oh. played in Israel. Oh,
1: you'd love it.
0: Maybe in the back end of my career, everyone says it's a really good opportunity for the back end of your career because it's so chill. You know, Yeah
1: israelism it's really amazing the food I think when the first year I played there Israel had just cracked the top 10 list for most healthiest food most healthiest countries as far as food so everything there is very Mediterranean you have hummus you have pizza like um falafel like a lot of vegetables spices I was like this is the f- best food honestly I've ever had in any country like Israel is like up okay. here yeah I, I have to put my stamp on that one
0: <laughs> okay but I do hear that it's expensive
1: very expensive <laughs> it it's ridiculously expensive that is very true can't can't get past that to be honest
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I heard my friends were like yo it is expensive out here it's a beautiful country great you know great food great people but expensive so I, I definitely got to go out there If if I never play out there I definitely got to go out there to visit
1: absolutely and another thing i love about it is it reminds me of california it's not a cold place it's not you know Ooh, i love that yeah it's pretty sunny the whole time that you're there playing so you would love it yeah
0: okay israel <laughs> put it next on this spain next you never know israel could be coming soon it could be and how was your experience in russia
1: oh man russia you know someone asked me <laughs> at today and i was like russia is not for everybody it is really i remember i had just came from playing in israel and i went to russia and when i talk about polar opposites like day and night polar opposites mm. russia i think is more of an isolated experience you have one other american on your team unless you're e who has like six americans because they're ridiculous but like you have one other american um, Russia's russia is so massive if you ever looked at the map russia is insane like
0: I didn't know it was like the biggest (laughs) country like it's yeah long yes yeah
1: within the country itself I think there's like 13 time zones it's crazy like Mm. I've never experienced anything like that like usually you have to go to another state to be in or another country to be in a different time in the country alone there's a 13 different time zones. so in Novosibirsk, which is basically siberia
0: oh it was cold yikes
1: (laughs) (laughs) i used to go the coldest it got was negative 39 my phone froze i remember that day i went outside for a brief moment my phone just froze and shut it was done i was like what no this is this is unreal like freezing um but the biggest thing for me because russia was so isolated is i really dived into the culture so I downloaded an app. I was like, I'm going to learn the language because where I was at, it's not Moscow. So Moscow is like, think of Hunger Games, the capital city where all the rich people are at and they're doing yeah. great. That, that's Moscow. Like everything there is, I think, a little bit easier. But once you get outside of Moscow, it's it's a whole different world. So um, where I was at was 15 hours ahead of California, which is where, you know, I live. 15, so thank goodness yeah it was like a whole nother I remember just like being so out of it so many times I'd be like okay today's my Sunday but it's probably still f- like Saturday morning or Friday night at home mm. like whose birthday is it what am I missing <laughs> so um but like I said because it was so isolated I really just dived into the culture I learned the language I would say I speak Russian pretty well which is pretty funny wow. yeah um And the city that I was in has the Novat, which is a world famous opera theater. I went to go see the Nutcracker for the first time. And if anyone knows anything about opera and ballet, Russia is like one of the top countries. Like they are superb in that um, career. So it's like to go and see that in Russia was really cool. They had a little downtown area. So I was going to all the cafes, coffee shops. I was eating. Eventually they knew me so well. Like when I walked in, if they had a person that translated or spoke English, like they came straight to the register and was like, How are you? Like, what would you like today? Like that's how frequently I was like getting out that. to learn about where I was at.
0: That is beautiful. And I'm always preaching that embrace yourself in the culture because if you don't, yeah, you're gonna hate it, especially in a in a country like Russia where you, it is so isolated, it's freezing, you don't have mm-hmm. a lot of Americans. It's yeah. hard for you to talk to your family. Like, you yeah. have to put yourself into culture in order to in- enjoy your experience and enjoy really your everyday life, like yeah. <laughs> to find little pockets of joy, you know, within the overseas. Because overseas, like we said, it can be really tough. Yeah. Russia's not for everyone. And if you don't yeah. at least try to make it a fun experience, you got to put in the effort to do that. If you don't do that, yeah, you was on age Hey, this ain't gonna work <laughs> out. <laughs> Get me somewhere else. <laughs>
1: no a thousand percent like words of wisdom right there like when you go overseas for the players that are there now and you know the college players that will be there next like get out go see something go visit something go to the museum if you have to but like try to get something out of it like you're there for six months you might as well
0: <laughs> boom you know we're just dropping like wisdom nuggets left and right in this in this podcast I freaking love it <laughs> And I'm also finding out so many fun facts about different countries. I love that too. And, and that just shows that you really immerse yourself in the culture because you know about this. I'm sure the, the average overseas player does not know that Russia is known for ballets in theater. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kudos weird. to you.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Jill, this has been an amazing interview. Before we step off, you know, into this portion we move on to our crazy overseas story uh, portion of the show, for someone, for a young girl or even, you know, a WMA player or a person playing overseas, they've just gotten injured. What advice would you give them, you know, for them? They, they want to, you know, continue to play professional. They want to get to the next level. What is what advice would you give them?
1: I would tell them don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. I know it might seem bleak at the moment. You know, you're hurt. Um, you don't know what that looks like going forward, but don't give up on yourself. I think if you want something, you can you can have it. So I know it's so cliche to just say don't give up. I'm trying to think of like this enlightened thing that I can say, but it's really the basics of just yeah. show up day. Like every day is a win. You're 1% better every day. A lot of times I think in rehab, like we want to see ourselves... Go from, I don't know, like walking to all of a sudden doing like sprinting. And it doesn't work like that. One foot in front of the other, okay, the next thing is strengthening this muscle, or the next thing is getting this flexion back. Like it's a puzzle and you have to put every piece together. So don't get frustrated. Don't get overwhelmed. Just one day at a time. That was my biggest thing with rehab as I started to develop like one day at a time. Maybe one day wasn't as great. Maybe, you know, you had a setback, which happens in rehab or when you get hurt. But the next day is another day. It's another day to get better. Just one percent. So,
0: yeah. That's beautiful. I need to hear that. Thank you, Jill. (laughs) The question was kind of for me. (laughs) I definitely need to hear that um, because there's just times where I'm like, I feel like I should be like I I should be doing this already. Like I should be bumping and moving and, and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, I just feel like I'm ready. But I know that I can't rush back. I can't you know, try to do something that my body is not prepared for. It's those little things that I have to, to train my body to do in order to sustain healthiness.
1: Yes, a thousand and, percent. And Got yes. it, girl. Just one day at a time. I know you're not going to give up. your hard worker. It's in your DNA. Like one day at a time. You're going to be good for sure.
0: Thank you, Jill. Well, this is an amazing interview. That was amazing wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom left and right. But... <laughs> to end the show, I always ask my guests, what is their craziest overseas experience? I'm sure you have some because you've been immersed <laughs> in the culture. You've yeah. been thick. Yes. In the, thick. Into the thick of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Craziest overseas story. You know, you told me at the beginning to think about this and I it still is. So when you say crazy, does it have to be like basketball related? Is it just like an
0: experience? Anything on or off the court, anything. I mean, your phone freezing is pretty darn (laughs) crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would say that's definitely one. Um, Let me think. Let me think. Um, I think the craziest experience I had was literally, and it's going to be Russia again, because Russia, right? So I went into the grocery store. This is not anything crazy. It's probably what happens to all Americans when they're overseas. I went into the gro- into the grocery store when I first got there. Don't know how the money works. I have zero idea how the currency works. Like, what's the equal to? How is it equal to the dollar? Blah blah blah. I remember going in, buying my first like stuff for my apartment, seasonings, the staples that I need for the next six months or whatever. And when she's bringing it up, and I look at the. Um, the computer screen to see the total and the total was like I think it was like 2,100 rubles or like 2,400 rubles something crazy an astronomical number and I'm like like how does this translate to American money like did I just drop $500 that I have a deal about like I was so like unprepared and usually I research before I start spending my money but for whatever reason I did not that time and I was like and I just swipe my card like my hand is shaking I'm like what i'm paying for i don't know how much this is gonna be i remember taking that receipt going home i'm i texting my translator like what does this mean how much did i spend googling like usd to ruble like (laughs) how much did i just spend and i only spent i think like 15 dollars the ruble was so i think one ruble at one dollar at the time equaled like 77 rubles like the currency was low it was low. I was oh, like, you was,
0: oh, you was buying everything out there.
1: <laughs> Russia, that's one thing, Russia, I was living my best life. Like I was saving so much money. Um, But that was like when my heart literally sunk into like the bottom of my like, but I was like, how much money did I just spend in this? So oh, I
0: bought some salt and pepper, some chicken.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's probably one of my craziest experiences. And a lot of things like for overseas, people who play overseas, like our everyday experiences are crazy. Like we step outside yep. the door and boom, we're in a whole nother world. Different language, different culture, different customs. Like every day is almost like a crazy experience. Like, so that to me, for someone who may be super ordinary, like, oh, you just went to the store. No, but like, did you go to the store and not understand what was what and then not know what how much you're paying? Like,
0: <laughs> that's not. That. <Yeah. laughs> I definitely got you. Then you try to go to a certain store that has like more Americanized things, things that you, you know, understand more. It, right. It's, it's a process overseas. Once you figure out, you know, what you got to do, what store you got to go to. Some of the, like some, some stores have better English speakers. <laughs> you know, right. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to this store. Um, Cause I know I it's going to be kind of complicated for what I need to get. Yeah. Um, even for me, like saying yes and no in, in Turkish, like I struggle with that. See, I, I really tried to learn the language, but even like like even saying yes and no to like the cash register like they ask, they ask a certain question I'm like hi here hi here. and this probably seems like rude to them like I'm pretty sure there's like a nice way for me to be like no thank you like at least in Hungary and I could say that you know I could say like Nimko see you know which is no thank you Ben Turkey I'm just like no no yeah no <laughs> I,
1: know. I know they probably think we're so rude but it's like right. we're really trying I really try to give every country its respect I'll try to learn like I was just in Poland My teammates were amazing. Like I learned so much Polish. So it's like little things that we take for granted here in America, like how we can just walk into a store and talk to someone and say this, no, we don't want that. It's a whole nother experience overseas. But once you get into it, once you're there after a month, a couple of weeks, two months, you start to learn the lay of the land and how things work. So it's definitely
0: a process. Absolutely. Well, before we end, let's get a little Polish lesson oh man okay <laughs> how, just something simple how would you say hi bye and thank you
1: okay so jen dobre is how you say basically good day or hello that's how you greet it kind of seems a little french yeah gin dobre it's it's yeah it is kind of that little that little jen. yeah <laughs> <laughs> you say gin dobre like you hey like good morning like when my teammates walked into the locker room Dindobre like or chice chice is how you say hello chice 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 which is pretty easy it's just like mm-hmm. that's easy the chai chice um goodbye goodbye what was goodbye uh, hold on dang look at me saying that I know what I'm talking about it's been a minute chice. Uh what was so it sad. blanking right now I think it was papa that's what it was it was pa so like you say bye you'd be like pa like when my teammates leave like literally pa like pa and then if you say it back to back like papa like bye so that was really cool like super easy stuff so and yes was talk and no was nie. so like
0: pretty easy yeah Yeah. okay (laughs) look at this look at bird's eye view you guys just learned some polish (laughs) (laughs) you guys have an amazing week Jill, where we can where can we find you on social media so people can can follow you and continue to you know learn about you?
1: Of course, um, on Instagram, my Instagram is TriniJillyDoe with three E's at the end mm. of Doe. Um, my Twitter is SuperJ, and I'm on Facebook. So add me, follow me. You'll 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 enjoy it here. You'll enjoy. You enjoy. Will
0: indeed you will. Well, <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at. Birds, the word underscore twenty four, and of course, if you want to follow the podcast, you can follow us at birds Birds Eye View Pod on Instagram and the number one Birds Eye View on Twitter. Once again, then a blessing. Thank you guys for listening in. I hope you guys enjoyed your Polish lesson and of course, listening from the beautiful Jillian.
1: Thank you. Thank you,
0: Jill. Thanks for being on. Amazing. Oh.
1: Thank you for having me. You're amazing. Keep doing this. The people need to see this, need to hear this. So keep going. Honestly, this is amazing. And thank you so much for having me.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you. Deuces, y'all. All
1: right. See ya.